another episode of the smoking section i'm your host kj and i'm rusty k and on today's episode we are joined again by our great friend and sponsor of the review ben he's here from uh speed run seats everybody uh give him a round of applause what's going on ben what's going on dude doing pretty good thanks for having me appreciate uh that great introduction I uh, yes, appreciate you coming on again, man. You uh, last time you were on, it was actually a really good episode. We had some uh, very, very far reach. I'll say that. Had a lot. I think of, we had uh, fun. Had a lot of people actually ask me about that uh, that nutrient line. Yeah, we yeah. Finally, uh, uh, finally getting that rolling out. Absolutely. We, you know, getting a nutrient, you know, first nutrient product started. As a, as a company that hasn't historically produced nutrients, has its little, uh, um, uh, oh, oh, make sure you guys can hear me here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, we just literally this week got our inventory up to the point where we are ready to start sending out, uh, tester kits to people. Um, you know, we were keeping up with orders pretty much until recently. So we're, we're releasing a version of it coming up very soon. Probably by the time this comes out, it'll be out uh where it just it doesn't have the genetics it's just the the nutrients and and the bottles um and then there's an option to get it with some seeds and then we also uh some of the bigger news we have an organic uh nutrient coming out. i wouldn't even say it's an organic version of this one just because it's quite different but uh still under the full auto brand and a lot to the organic one so pretty excited about it nice and that's going to be liquid based so you can run with like auto pots yeah, actually. So we we're gonna do two versions of the organic. We have liquid that we're coming out with, um, and then all of the liquids that we're coming out with, we have also formulated in fully soluble options. So it, it we have powders uh, and and liquids available, and they're. They're like conventional salt nutrient numbers, 0, 020, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, but uh, fully OMRI uh, listed and all organic. Nice. So before we get too deep off into uh, to how, how these are, are going, uh, with normal running of the uh, smoking session, we've got to get something lit up. So Hell yeah. what you guys smoking on today? You go ahead, Ben. I, I can go. Yeah. Yep. Um, I actually got a live resin cartridge here. A um, actually, sorry, live rosin cartridge from Happy Cabbage. Trying to remember the strain. And my brother works over at a dispensary down the, the the road, and he occasionally will come drop by some stuff. And uh, got a happy. It's a brand called Happy Cabbage in Oregon. They do a real small batch live rosin stuff. Really good. Nice. That sounds fantastic. I've got some uh, Gorilla Cookies flower rosin that I pressed. Hell yeah! Is, is that from Fast Buds? That is. That is from Fast Buds. It's yeah, uh, it's been curing for about three weeks now, so we're gonna put it in that little booster rig that I got, and I'm gonna take a little dab off of it. How about you, Rasta? I'm smoking on some flour by Night Owl Seeds, the Miracle Berry Remix. Mm. So switched it up from the Blue Zeroso tonight. I've been smoking that the past two sections. <laughs> Oh man, that the blue slushy is just it does something to you, you know. Yeah, dude, it's uh, <laughs> I guess you brain dead. This Miracle Berry remix is a good head high. I like it. It's got a good sativa notes to it, and 
gets you he's gonna get me talkative, so that's good. Nice. That was fantastic. So Ben, last time you were on, we were talking about your uh, full auto nutrients. <laughs> My understanding is it's uh you've got the dose bottle uh, option first, right? That was the first uh, uh, version available. It was a dosing bottle with uh, the powders that you mixed in with water. You make your own concentrate, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a um, it's called a Bedix bottle. Um, it's one of those like if you guys know a uh, can of cocoa, mammoth. The, those bottles that you kind of squeeze and it measures out some some right. nutrient yeah, up in like a little chamber at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm then, a home brewer. I know it is uh, the Star Sand bottle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sanitizer. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they're, they're cool. And uh, it exactly right. It's, it's it's essentially salt nutrients that we've weighed out and formulated. It's it's four parts. It's early. Flower, early veg, late veg, early flower, late flower, and it's broken into an A and B for each. So we weighed out each component of it and formulated each uh, growth phase differently so that all that's kind of needed is you tear open the A packet, pour it in the A bottle, tear open the B packet, pour it in the B bottle, for, for early veg at first, and you, you dilute it down so that there's 32 ounces of concentrate, and uh, and then you just add 60. We, we we do 60 mils per gallon, so two ounces per gallon on the A and two ounces on the B, and then that 60 that that two ounce application rate stays exactly the same throughout all growth phases because we've different with different amounts of uh the weights are different on all the packets to maintain that at 32 ounces uh a two ounce application rate so it's really there's no feeding schedule just because it's the same all the way through right now you say you also have a just a regular powdered version available now just you buy you can buy it by the bag or so we we are doing a commercial version that's probably going to come out uh but we're the next thing is we're just kind of but we have a kit coming out that is it just drops the uh, the nutrients. So we've got the the packets, the bottles. Sorry, I didn't say the nutrients. I meant to say the seeds. <laughs> uh, the, the original kit came with the the packets, the bottles, and the uh, strains strain called a final boss, which is only available in the nutrient kits. It's one that we kind of held on to, make it a little bit special, exclusive to those kits. And uh, then you can buy the packets separately just on their own without anything is like refills. And now we're, we're going to make the kit available without the genetics, just because, you know, a lot of people would want to have messaged us and, and let us know that they definitely want to pick it up, but, uh, you know, they don't always need genetics with it. So we've, we've expanded out our, uh, manufacturing. You have to jump in there and really, uh, you know, tune to the market, you know, the, the market also, Sometimes, you know, people want to want to try that stuff, but uh, wherever they're located at, the, the seeds part may be iffy for them. So um, definitely, definitely something that's good to kind of adapt with. So that's a great, great thing to to go with, man. A great way to really adapt to the market. Um, so something like your system is something that like Rasta could really benefit from 
I mean, really any grower, but he's in a setup of a, like a two by four um, that he mm-hmm. basically runs perpetually around the clock. So something that he could dose with very simply. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah, with auto yeah. flowers. It's not specific for photos to autos, correct? You can use it with any line. So it's, it's built for auto flowers. And yeah, I can talk about okay. a little of the difference between what what makes it an auto flower nutrient versus a photo period. We're, we're going to do some photo period stuff when we come out with the photo period genetics, which I guess is like a little bit of an announcement, but uh, that'll probably be early, early 2024 is when the photo period genetics are, are coming out. And those are, those are going to be really good, but yeah, the, the, uh, the nutrients will come along with that. And then uh, the auto, yeah, the, the primary things that, that make it an auto flower specific nutrient are, it's autoflowers have a extended rapid vegetative growth phase like that's what we call it if there's a point in between day say 15 depending on how your plant is growing between mm-hmm. day 15 and day 40 where your job is to get that plant as large as possible and have the best you know uh, structural support and and best most vigorous possible growth that you can achieve mm-hmm. to get the highest yield at the end grow pro solutions is a leading lighting manufacturer based in california offering a range of quality cultivation equipment for the commercial grower all the way down to the home gardener with their vertical and static growth systems along with their hm series lighting allows you to harness the power of the sun in your grow room or tent visit gopro solutions at wegrowpros.com and with photo periods, there's a flowering stretch and there's like some relatively consistent vegetative growth. It does speed up toward when you, you know, as the plant gets larger, but it's until you flip it, it it's kind of just vegging out at a certain rate. Um, so there's a, there's a nitrogen boost that's really required there. The plant, you know, burns through a lot of nitrogen and a lot more calcium than people would think might be necessary, especially for autos. You, it really requires mm-hmm. more. And then that nitrogen goes a little bit further into flower than you would with a photo period. You, you get those vegetative traits in really the first half of flower. Um, and then the calcium, you know, we, we formulated it so that we, there's a, a chelated calcium component that's added at the end to replace some of the calcium nitrate. So okay. we're still able to drop the nitrogen down, but keep that calcium high at the end. So as far as PK goes, like, cause I know with my autos, I usually run like right now I'm about day 35 on one of them and I'm already seeing some yellowing because I haven't put any PK booster in there yet. So how would, would that nutrient line without adding anything else be able to fight that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the yellowing can, it's chlorosis, which is, you know, yellowing. uh, Yeah. That can happen. A number of different reasons and the the nutrient line the the you know conventional one that we have it's the base level these are the macro and micronutrients that you need for this plant to have healthy growth and now if your uptake is a little bit off you know your environmentals your ph that's a different story but if if everything else is set up for success then this will provide precisely uh, very precisely the the nutrients that are required for the plant to, to hit those numbers that that we like to hit we, we 
like the number that we always try to, to hit is a pound per plant. If you can hit a pound per plant in whatever seven gallon pot, you know, makes it easier. Yeah. Five gallon pot is possible. Um, That's what I've then you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say I pull about a half pound with three gallons fabric pot, not fabric, but PVC mesh bags. And I hell think yeah. those mesh bags make a damn a hell of a difference, too, no doubt. Like, so, so far any the, plastic uh, pot or any kind of a pot. <laughs> Yeah, so far the, the the pound plant that I've gotten so far had to be done in a five gallon DWC bucket. Yeah, DWC, I was yeah. that or an auto pot. Autopot, like autopotamus, the, man. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, autopotamus is awesome. I'm I'm convinced more and more every day. I just had a, a really good conversation with the 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 guy who runs um, Autopot USA, and there is something about autopots and auto flowers that just works. Like I've seen yeah. autopots run with photo periods and they do well, they do really good. It's a good system. With autoflowers though, there's just something happening there with that bottom up feeding. They use a special valve on those autopots and uh, it just- I think they're such vigorous plants. They grow so fast and they can uptake the nutrients just so quick and use it up. So it's like nonstop feeding. It's I mean, I want I would love to get into it, man. But I said in my two by four, I feel like I just, I don't have the room for a reservoir. Is the problem? And hooking yeah, up all the water be... and all of that. True. Yeah, they just sent me a big, I think a four by four tent system to run, and about to get that set up. Uh, probably yeah, have a little dude. grow tent at my house. But um, yeah, no, they're 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 awesome. And I think yeah, like constant liquid feed is always the recommended if you're trying to get the highest yield and and you know there's other things that can be other components to get the best quality, but like really talking about yield, constant liquid feed is the only way to achieve that. And uh I'm not saying that, you know, super soils and organics are are not good. I just you're going to see a yeah. difference in yield numbers. For and sure. you know, you know my argument that I'm kind of coming to is you know i love my dwc grow it's 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 awesome you know it's a constant liquid grow just like you're talking about just similar to an autobot system just soilless and i don't ever have any kind of a deficiency the closest thing i've had to a deficiency is um just just some wonky genetics you know i got kind of a runty plant um grew fine until you know mid flower so it's kind of starting to yellow a little bit but i think i just mm-hmm. uh adjusted some of the the nutrient for it a little bit so maybe that'll maybe it'll bounce back but um either way i've i've loved i've loved my dwc it produced uh 400 what was it 492 grams of gummy bears from atlas three it was 300 just under a pound it was like three 370 or something like that um on the gmo from atlas did fantastic i've got some big four big monsters from mephisto in there right now but the two plants that I grew in that Sohum living soil, and I just added water the whole time. Granted, it was hard. It was tough to, to just feed them just water and mm-hmm. try to figure things out and battle the fungus gnats. And they, and they really didn't yield that much. I, I think I got like 100 and something per plant, maybe 200 pushing it on the purple stilton. But the terpenes on it were a little bit stronger. Like yes. stronger than my cocoa and stronger than the DWC, and I'm I'm kind of wondering like is it is it from having to fight a little harder to stay alive and and I think it's organic? the bacterias, I think it's the bacterias and everything in the actual root zone. 
Is that is that what it is? It causes it to produce more of a terpene profile than when it, it's just you know easy think, riding on cruise control and DWC. You're absolutely yeah, hundred percent right um, about it being not necessarily just bacteria but microbes. So I would assume uh, yeah, if, if that's a super soil, um, then they're probably putting some mycorrhiza in there, which is you know our muscular mycorrhiza. It, it's it's a symbiotic organism where it kind of pierces into the the plant's root system and it kind of hangs out also it's halfway in the soil halfway in the root and it helps with uh, and when the part that's hanging out halfway into the soil is consuming organic material and turning it into inorganic ions that the plant can take up so that's one layer of it that i'm sure must be there if it's a super soil i have i'd have to look into uh, all the ingredients but then Exactly. Yeah. There, there's beneficial bacteria. There are um, other fungi in, in usually in these super soils that mm-hmm. contribute to uh, the um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, mineralization of organic compounds in the soil and terpenes, uh, cannabinoids. They are all enzyme-related thing so in order to produce those things the plant has to produce enzymes and and coenzymes are necessary to uh, or cofactors of enzymes are necessary to to enact the things that they're doing so there's um like terpene synthase uh, i believe that is the name of the um is, is an enzyme that is responsible for producing terpenes in the plant not all of them but that's just, it's one of the ones that that's responsible um and the the wildly larger diversity of microorganisms that occur in something like a soil living soil gives the plant more opportunities for that to happen and creates a, a wider range of uh, of action that's happening with the enzymes in the plants. And then also the fact that the plant was very likely uh, and this is not a, a, a diss at all, just, uh, but the plant was very likely deficient in some things if you were just adding water by the end. And Absolutely. it's well documented that pulling back on certain nutrients, especially something like phosphorus, pulling back hard on phosphorus is known to increase your uh, cannabinoid and terpene content. Um, it's It's like people back in the day would go out and beat their plants with a baseball bat to stress them out to the point, you know, like to, to yep. get a better quality out of them. So it's, it's, yeah, there, there's definitely something, those two different layers. Yeah. I had a yeah. buddy actually used to use a hockey stick. He, yeah. uh, whenever, you know, midday or so, you know, not so much when they're praying, but uh, more when they're like you know, midday, right. Come in with the hockey stick and just rake across the tops and just bend them back and forth, trying to get some action out of them. But yeah. Yeah. I totally it's... get what you're saying though. And, and it definitely, it definitely is. That was, um, to Sohum actually sent me a bag of their stuff to to give a try. Um, we have a team member, Farmer Hatbeard, that uses it uh, fairly regularly. Um, and just about all of his grows, I think, unless he's switched it up. But uh, either way, um, I gave it a shot in my two by four, and uh, it says only add water. Your whole grow. That's what it says. You, you shouldn't have to add anything. And uh, the guys from Sohum were. Uh, talking to Mike and I, and then they said that uh, you, it's too hot for autos. Like they're, they're working on an auto mix, mm-hmm. but this particular one's just too hot for autos. So what you have to do 
is you have to basically uh, dig out a hole in the middle of it and put some other kind of media in like cocoa or some kind of lighter mixed living soil. Uh, just, just give the young plant, the young seedling more of a chance to survive before it hits that hot stuff. And it absolutely did go deficient. I can tell you for a fact, especially late flower, it was turning all kinds of yellow and purple uh, on the leaves. Not, not so much in a good way. Like, you know, we like to see on Instagram, but um, I mean, it was all right, but this stuff just, it didn't yield the best, but it is definitely some of the stinkiest of the harvest that I've gotten. Definitely a lot more of the skunk terpenes came out of the living soil than I get out of cocoa or DWC. So yeah, yeah skunk terpenes or skunk smell is not actually from terpenes. It's the same compound that is in a skunk's asshole, I guess. Where does that come from? Do they poop it out? Um, skunk spray, but sphincter, uh, dude, I think that's where it comes from. Okay, yeah, um, <laughs> they, they sphincter it out of themselves. Uh, but it's actually the same compound found in skunks that is also in cannabis they only really figured that out a few years ago like two or three years ago that it's not a terpene that causes like the gassy and skunky smells are not terpene related really hmm. so trying to remember the name from? of the compound but it's it, it, just the plant just produces it naturally there's a lot of things that produce that skunk smell uh, i think like brussels sprouts mechanism, also. I, I would say yeah it's it's, it's probably it's most of what the plant does is either to attract animals that will eat seeds and carry the seeds away to defend themselves from plants or to better um, uh, increase their chances of being pollinated by the opposite gender plant. Or, or like, so most of those things that you see a plant do can be attributed to those things. Yeah. That's smell like a That's skunk's cool. ass. Pollinate me. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, and like, if this was a video podcast, I, I wish I could like set up a button, like a big red button where I hit it and it's just like <laughs> bullshit just goes across the screen. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. So saying something's too hot for autos, I would love to hear an explanation for why that is. Uh, you know, is it too, just too hot for seed plants? Do you mean, is it because at the beginning there, if you were to start a photo period seed and an autoflower seed, Autoflower seeds can eat some nutrients up. So I'm not sure what their definition of too hot for autos is, but, and then I, it, it, I, I really don't like it being, you know, interpreted that I'm saying like nasty stuff about a company. I've seen really good results. Like you just said, really nice smelling, really frosty plants come out of stuff like uh, Soham soil, but also it's completely unscientific to say, just give it why. Because the answer really is, because we don't really know what the plant is getting toward the end. And if you add too much nutrients, then you're gonna burn your plant. So just don't add anything and let your plant get deficient because we don't have the soil tests or science to support what you should add, is what it sounds like to me. Could be. Um, that's a good question. I mean, we're educational, so I guess we need to, uh find out from them huh i love it yeah i i i very much invite like super soil uh um experts to because it's not really my my area like i would get into organics a lot but it's like the liquid organics liquid organics that are immediately available to your plant where you can uh 
tangibly like calculate, okay, I'm giving my plant 75 parts per million of phosphorus with this feeding. Um, and with the soils, it's a much more complex science. I've yet mm -hmm. to find a super soil producer or expert that knows that science. It's more like um, it's uh, more like art rather than science. What they do, and they it's very artful and it's great what they do. But there's a you know figuring out the mineralization rates, getting those soil tests, and getting some some active like okay, it's this is what's available in week six. This is what's available in week seven. It's I have not found that yet. I see what you're saying. Oh, okay, so you there's different. So each packet, I guess, or each, is that how it's going to work? It's going to be a different ratio or is all that two ounce, two ounce is going to be the same, like same bottle from start to finish. Yeah. So with ours, it, it's different mixtures, different ratios, like you said, of the okay. same ingredients, except when we add the chelated calcium at the end. Okay. Um, that's a, that's so a now new addition. I thought at first, like in my head, I thought it was just like you got two bottles and you use A, B the whole way through just two ounces and two ounces and like from seed to harvest. Yes, but the A, B changed because they're like, uh, picture this, there's eight packets and you split those into four groups. So there's two packets in early veg, two packets in late veg, two packets in early flower, two packets in late flower. And they're all okay. formulated differently. So, so that's how it's getting its phosphorus, and that's how it's getting all its PK towards the end, and that's how you're getting more nitrogen in the beginning. Every, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's all all the weights are different all the way through. So it's really like yeah. an eight-part nutrient line, but it acts like a two-part because all you have to do is the same thing all the way through, but there's eight different parts, yeah. Well, damn, dude, I want to try it, man, for real. I really want to give it a try on my autos. Cause I just use mega crop. That's it. And mega crop is I use a one part. I don't know if you ever heard of it or tried it before. Super easy. It does the job very, very well. And honestly, the only problem I have with it is clump. It has like rocks almost in it. So it's very, very yeah. hard to dissolve. What's up? This is Gordy with cutting edge solutions here to tell you about our premium fertilizer products. We make everything dye-free, hormone-free, PGR-free, and sodium chloride-free. Check out our cannabis-specific fertilizers and additives for your next grow. www.cuttingedgesolutions.com, and you can find us on Instagram at Cutting Edge Solutions. That's a it's a um, something characteristic to one part is because you can't. There's certain nutrients that don't play well together, um, and I'm I'm not the nutrient formulation expert I could, it's somebody that uh it's probably a good person to to talk to on a podcast but um like uh calcium and silica like those two things are a classic example of you can't you can't mix them in certain ways and and i think uh calcium and phosphorus are another two that don't play well together and if you were to take you know soluble powder calcium and soluble powder phosphorus and dissolve them at the same time in the same water you're going to get precipitation and then yeah clumping can happen just because of the way the uh the salts are you know physically it's, a, it's a, kind of like a physical reaction that mm -hmm. happens and they'll kind of clump together a little bit moisture all sorts of different things but uh one parts are tricky you really can't get everything into one part so you have to make no. some sacrifices but yeah like gold leaf so how about um what's your take on like teas 
So we were just talking to Alabrije Genetics. Um, he does a lot of organic stuff. And we kind of got into uh, some of the, the things that these organic guys do, um, mm-hmm. such as like adding silica, right? And there's a couple of people uh, through Instagram that have had some videos on uh, where they go and actually cut down cattails. And they're actually fermenting cattails in like a Jadam uh, organics tea ferment thing. Um, and they say that's like the highest you know one or one of the highest um, things that you could do to really add silica to an organic bed that you're you're growing in okay yeah that's that's interesting um i guess yeah that's something that's that's a new one to me or it sounds vaguely familiar but probably something i never really paid two thoughts to um but yeah i i would assume that the cattails have some soluble form of silica in there so silica comes you guys might like might have seen uh potassium silicate which has like a really high uh amount of um potassium in it like maybe like a zero zero twenty two or something um and it's got a good amount of of silica and when it's dissolved it will break down into uh one of the things that it breaks down to is monosilicic acid so it's a less efficient product because uh, less efficient than monosilicic acid because it's you know part of it is not used as silica and and only a fraction of it it actually turns into a plant available form of silica which is the the monosilicic acid and then there's hmm. stuff like uh um power si that's probably the most commonly uh used one by uh, grow generation owns that brand and uh that's a monosilicic acid very expensive monosilicic excuse me monosilicic acid it's like a tongue twister is uh, always very expensive it's, it's very difficult to find it uh for for um, I'll know the price per ounce off the top of my head, but it's quite expensive. Um, I think I had a product by New Millennium Nutrients uses that, and uh, I think it's the Ruby Full, Ruby Fulvic. They use like humic acid and fulvic, and I think it has that mono, because I remember reading the bottle and seeing something like that on there. Yeah, I think I have a bottle of Botanic Air's silica, and it is. Yeah, that's going to be the potassium silicate, I think. I've used a silica blast, right? Yeah, silica blast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to Botanicare. They used to be so big, and I haven't seen anybody talking about them for a while. I think um, they got uh, they got bought out by Miracle Grow. Oh, Scotts, uh, nice. No okay. way. <laughs> yeah. So um, everything gets bought out by Miracle Grow. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, one day I will too. I'm joking. Potassium <laughs> silicate. That's what I got in my mega crop. Potassium silicate. So potassium silicate. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. It makes monosilicic acid, but it's not as efficient, you know, per per like gram yeah. of what you're adding. Uh, and then the one thing I didn't mention was uh, like uh, diatom silica. So very similar to like diatomaceous earth. Um, mm-hmm. And it's another one where it needs to minerally you add that to your soil and it breaks down over time and makes some silica available that you might find that in super soils and stuff. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just think about it like, like derived from diatomaceous earth, but micronized a little bit more. Um, and that will dissolve over a, a slow amount of time and gets taken up via um, passive transport, passive uptake rather than active uptake. Now, is, does your product have silica in it? So or do you, are you a believer in using silica for your plants? Yeah, I've seen great results with silica. We, uh, the, the original version of, uh, of full auto does not have any because it's not an essential nutrient. Um, yeah. It's, you know, there's... I think what 12 essential nutrients that plants require in order to get 
you know, sufficient growth that you're looking for. And uh, just as I always like to mention this when I talk about this, chlorine is one of them. So if you're using tap water, you know, don't worry about the chlorine in there. Yeah, and when you I, let I it sit out overnight. Any. Yeah, good. Um, but I, yeah, otherwise, no, it does not have silica, but we recommend. Yeah. So the, the, the original full auto, it's, it's, it's a platform for you to add whatever else that you want, as long as you're not adding something that has a high nitrogen, potassium, calcium, whatever, um, macronutrient uh, or really micronutrient load in it, you know, add some beneficial bacteria, use some mycorrhiza, use some bokashi. Yeah. Some like I use fish shit, herb natural and recharge right now. Hell yeah. yeah so I I love use, recharge. I mean, everything I use though, man, like I'm a believer in the roots, like from seedling on, like before when I like, before I put my seed in my pot, I, uh, pre-soak the entire pot with recharge just to like kind of get it fully activated in there and then i drop my seedling in with dynamico so like i make sure the roots have the best chance you know to get as big and as healthy as possible something that's interesting not a lot of people know is that cannabis plants don't actually have roots uh no i'm fucking with you <laughs> yeah no, <it's>, uh... <laughs> yeah no if the roots are doing well then the 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 plants doing well like that yeah it, it oh, starts yeah. there for sure especially when you're in a soil grow and even if you're using a soilless media like pro mix or um or like sunshine mix add your microbes add your recharge add it more often add your silica add add all that supporting stuff you know absolutely mm -hmm. use mycorrhiza because you're adding the other stuff that the mycorrhiza feeds on because really there's not a lot of organic material in those um in those soilless blends but you can add it Add yourself some bokashi. Add, add all the things that those microbes love to eat. Add some sugars, and you will have a, a diverse uh, whatever you're adding. You know, the, I, the reason I say bokashi is because it's got such a wide range of of beneficial bacteria and some some fungi in there, and it just it's a shotgun effect. Like, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of studies on cannabis for this particular you know species of bacteria, but it might work. It might, it might help. And uh, if it if it doesn't, it's not going to hurt anything. So yeah, just go wild with it. So I got to grab the the wheel here and uh, U turn back and, and bring us back a little bit uh, to the chlorine thing. Um, so that's that's a serious thing, right? You said uh, plants require chlorine. Yes, plants require chlorine. Um, and as just something you know, people listening to this. Uh, might have read or been told that you should let your water sit out for like overnight or 24 hours to let all the chlorine come out, um, which is not, it is and it is not true that the chlorine's coming out. What, what you're smelling in your tap water is gaseous chlorine that's suspended in your water. Uh, it is not mm -hmm. chlorine that's been dissolved and there's chlorine ions in the water. There is that also, but what you're picking up with your nose is the chloramines and chlorine and chlorine, uh, that are gassing off of that water that has a negligible difference on anything happening because it's such a in in tap water it i think four parts per million is like the maximum in pretty much every u.s state that your your tap water is allowed to be uh you you can't have water going out you know regularly or on a mass basis that is higher than four per, uh, four parts per million you yeah. require about 50 to 100 parts per million to make any um, 
reasonable or any significant change in the microbial activity. So there's there's more than 10 times less chlorine in your tap water than can have any significant impact on your microbial activity in your water. Um, and then beyond that, it requ mm -hmm. the plants do require chlorine just like any other micronutrient. So the reason I, I, I was asking is, you know, uh, I myself, I use just filtered tap water. I've got a like a standard filter just to filter the water. That's what I use uh, and through my DWC, uh, any nutrient that I mix up whenever I just just add water to my Soham. It's just plain filtered tap water. But, you know, through any of the cannabis communities that you go through, um, I know any of the podcasts that I've listened to in the past, you know, uh, things that that a new grower gathers is that uh, you know even even as a new commercial grower I know commercial guys that, do, that say the same thing um, it's absolutely essential that you let your water sit out for so long and you throw your your air stone in it and that helps release the the chlorine gas out of suspension in the water um, but then you I, I've noticed like for instance here in the autoflower review discord we get questions every so often from different listeners that uh you know they they've they've heard of the chlorine thing trying to get it out so you know they just went ahead and put the money into an ro system and they're exclusively growing with ro water and they're finding deficiencies is that something that's likely occurring yeah i, I wouldn't say that it's uh entirely attributed to a lack of chlorine in the ro water but it's so if you add the chlorine back in the RO water, and there's a number of ways that you could do that, then you're, yeah, it's a great thing to use. You know, I mean, those, those um, trace elements in tap water are actually good for your plants. You know, there's calcium in there. There's, you can probably, a lot of people listening to this, you have tap water that like leaves, you know, that ring on your toilet and shit, or your, your glass shower door looks like shit because it's covered in, in like calcium buildup. Or, or, uh, yeah. 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 So it that's there and the plants use it for sure. Um, and it's not there in any quantities that are significant enough to have a major impact in a negative way. Um, but when you want to standardize a system across, you know, a hundred different grows, which is something that with the we we uh we do a we have a consultation business also outside of speedrun seeds, a, a agronomic service business. And that, you know, it becomes helpful to use RO water because we know what we're dealing with everywhere. You know, it's, it's, there's not necessarily higher amounts of uh, boron. Well, actually, RO does not remove boron. Um, but that's like the worst possible example I could have mentioned. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's uh, bicarbonates in the water that can, that can affect the, the pH drift over time. There's all these different things in tap water that can definitely affect your system, especially on something that's fine-tuned like a, a, like a DWC or, or, you know, constant liquid feed and rock wool. Um, you want to keep an eye out and get water tests, uh, uh, ag suitability water tests, not potability water tests. If you're thinking about getting water tests done, anyone listening, go with the ag suitability, agricultural suitability or irrigation suitability. So, uh, how about a water softener? If someone, if someone's using like, uh, let's say for instance, they're in a more rural setting and they're running on well water and they have like a water softener, uh, you know, softens the water for the whole house. pH. Isn't that just like a bunch of salt pretty much? 
That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Do you think that's a a bad thing? Is it should they not use that water or? Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd have to do some research into water softeners. It's not often that we. Uh, usually, for like an agricultural setup, those are not. Those are not added in. That's really like a home addition. So that's you know what I'd have to do some research on that and and come back with an answer. Um, that's one of those things I'm happy to admit I do not know enough about to give you a solid answer on. Yeah, we've got a listener that uh, actually I think is running a DWC setup, and their their home is set up with a, a water softener um, that that uh, I guess it filters and. Uh, you know, softens the water, adjusts the pH automatically and all that. And apparently the DWC plants don't really care for that water much, but they can go out to a particular tap on the backside of the property that's actually not um, attributed to whatever that water system is. And they can use that just straight out of the groundwater and the plants love it. All those natural minerals probably too in it. No, that's what I'm thinking. And they still do uh, pH it, obviously, but there's no, I guess, softener salts, you know, the big, yeah, they, they look kind of like these big rocks almost in this like big box. Yeah. What, so those, those rocks, what they do is they, I think it's positively charged. Don't quote me on that. It could be negatively charged ions. There's certain ions that those rocks pull out of the water and replace with other ions. So it's like an exchange system. Like I, this is something I didn't want to like get into too much detail on because I might be screen turned off but somebody fact checked me on that um and and if i'm right fantastic but from what i understand those rocks pull ions out of your water like magnesium calcium and they replace it with like sodium potassium they just swap them out um so it will end up with a disproportionate amount uh of you know something like sodium which is not something that you want a disproportionate amount of and that could explain why it also depends on the specific water softening system, probably how old it is, uh, how recently it's been changed. You know, there's probably a lot of factors there. Okay. Well, that's something we'll definitely have to look into for them and see if we can figure it out. Otherwise, I would just say keep rocking with the groundwater. I mean, there was a point oh, in yeah, time, I would, you know, I was using uh, spring water. You know, I, I'd literally take five gallon jugs i had like a bunch of them and i'd load them up and go get spring water and i'd use that because my plants really loved it oh like from a, not like from the store like from an actual spring yeah yeah no i would drive oh. down like this logging road all the way to you know way out in the woods and i'd fill up all these jugs of water and bring it back home with me make my food out of that because i knew it was oh, mineral yeah, rich yeah no that's awesome <laughs> that's a <laughs> um but yeah no that's that's perfect like, yeah it's a great thing to feed your plants with if you're if you're just like people might be listening, they might think spring water, I'll go buy some whatever deer park or whatever. Um, be careful because they add stuff. I think like sodium bicarbonate, they add things to that water to increase the pH um, for, you know, drinking, human drinking purposes. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that <laughs> for us to drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, they add stuff that, that really that can bring up the pH or it can affect the pH over time. So just make sure uh, Aquafina is one that's like just RO water. They don't add anything to it. Um, so just be careful about which water, if you're buying water for any reason, like in an emergency or something to feed your plants with, just be careful with that. Yeah. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponic systems. 
The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. All natural water. You want that uh, regular, regular water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And yeah, like the groundwater for that person, I th- would say, is the the best option. Um, you know, municipal city water that a lot, most, I would say most people are getting out of their taps is regulated. So chances are it's going to fall within right, the pH. It can be, it can range quite, uh, quite a lot. So that's one thing. Always check your pH of your water and always make sure that your pH meter is calibrated and, uh, and working properly too. But that's the one thing you really have to watch out for. But as far as trace elements and chlorine, unless your area has recently gone through a flood or a drought, which, you know, those municipal water stations can get a little bit, I want to say lazy, but they have a harder time controlling the, the element, you know, the trace elements and even the chlorine, you know, I've seen chlorine go pretty high, like upwards of 10 parts per million or even higher right after a, a drought or something. So, or when they switch to a new water source and it flushes stuff, I don't know exactly what causes it to have, they had to clean it extra. Um, but because that chlorine is an additive that they use to clean it. Uh, so things can happen outside of the norm. But when we're talking about like 90, 99% of uh, situations, your tap water is going to be good from, from the city. Yeah. Cool. That's all I use. So cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, you know, oh, yeah. I'm actually in a small coastal town and uh, my city not only sells water as tap water, but uh, they also year-round have uh, compost available from the treatment plant. Oh, like a, like a silent, silent green thing, compost from the government. Like, it's people. I mean, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can drive by You're there every so often. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's literally what I guess people buy it for, man. I've never bought any myself, but they literally have like machines out there drying it in the sun. Wait, well, there's huh. a wedding ring in this. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's anything like that, you know, it's, it always pays to know what you're using. So let's say, you know, perfect example, you're going to go get some, um, you know, murder compost from the city. And if you have like, uh, let's say whatever, you get a 20 pound, 25 pound, 50 pound bag of it, take a sample of it, find a local agricultural testing lab near you, spend whatever, 40 bucks usually for a soil test like that, or, you know, um, a media test. And Get it tested, and the soil lab will usually, if they're a good lab, will call you back and go over the results with you. They'll tell you what everything means. So if you're going to grow your plants in it, you're going to invest months of your money and time into growing your plants uh, with something like that. You know, know what you're using, and you're going to be in a lot better shape, and you'll learn something about growing through the process of that. Most people will. Um, and if you're not experienced with, with getting stuff tested like that, it's worth the money. Right on, well, we know you're the guy to come to for uh, for nutrients, uh, nutrient advice at least. So I think I should get yeah, a, yeah, uh, yeah. I need to get a side-by-side growing and uh, do some full auto and another run of uh, Soham. I've, I've got a bag left. And I uh, need to get Hell the yeah. Soham guys in here to kind of explain the uh, water only through the whole life situation and the, the too hot for autos. We'll get some... Uh, Get some side by sides going, and I'll do another organics run with just water, and uh, we'll run some speed run seeds or something. 
for sure. Yeah, no, put like put me on that podcast, but I'll mute myself until they say that that <laughs> all you need is water, and then I'll jump in and 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 destroy the. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, no, uh, no, I'm all huge, like very much like I would love to listen to that podcast and find out like here's the science of why we say just add water. Uh, we'll just bring that... everybody into the smoking section, man. That's what we're about. It's education. We'll we'll all sit down and smoke one and, and talk about. Uh, organics water only and salts and dwc just like we did today but we'll have uh, we'll have some organic guys jump in right yeah and then you know we'll have probably by the time something like that happens we'll have the organic line out and that's another you know there's that's it, a whole world of things that people probably haven't even heard of like you guys know a decent about amount about nutrients and you know that there's nitrate nitrogen there's uh, urea nitrogen, there's ammonical nitrogen, ammonia nitrogen. And then did you know that there's a fourth one? Did not. Amino acid nitrogen. So hmm. very few people know about amino acid nitrogen, but it is one of the best sources of nitrogen. Really, it's recommended to give your plants all four, but you know, most people can't manage that uh, in a home grow setup. But commercially, we will recommend that people, you know, add a bit of amino acid nitrogen or really make it their primary source if they're using our organic nutrient line. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, there's a fourth one that that those amino acids are structured in a way that they can form bonds with uh, the ions that that they're um, chelating or attached to. So like the, the, the calcium in our organic nutrient line is amino acid chelated. And typically, you know, it, it, it's a ca calcium carbonate that's amino acid chelated. So you might see calcium carbonate in some of your organic nutrients. And it is, let's just say you, you have a liquid, I'm trying to remember the name, um, whatever. There's, uh, I think Roots Organics maybe has like a liquid cow mag and it's, it's calcium carbonate. Calcium carbonate is not immediately available to the plants. It's a uh, it's something that's taken up through passive, it's called passive transport, which means the plant does not expend any energy. It doesn't use that ATP to reach out and grab those calcium ions. It just kind of like osmosis, it, it just slowly takes it up passively. Um, but when you wrap an amino acid around that calcium molecule, it is able to form those bonds and create you know, shapes, I guess is the best way to explain it um, without getting too detailed about it, but it's able to create something that the plant can take up quickly and can rapidly make a difference in the calcium content of the plant. So like that's our calcium is an amino acid chelated calcium. The nitrogen is an amino acid nitrogen. Um, the, the potassium is a uh, source from all uh, fruit rinds. It's a completely uh, vegetable, you know, non it's plant derived. And then the uh, potassium, I mean, the uh, phosphorus is a rock phosphate that's micronized down to, I think, below one micron is the number I want to say. 100%. I'm pretty sure it's below a micron. Um, so it, again, it, it's just very, it, it mineralizes very quickly. You know, once it's dissolved in the water, it break, starts to break down much faster than those larger, you know, you might not look like it, your rock phosphate, it looks pretty, you know, fine powder, but that smaller size really makes a difference. Um, and it, it quickly becomes very quickly available. And it's even available through foliar applications 
amino acids are, are great for being absorbed by the leaf tissue, um, passing through and uh, making a difference. So we'll have a foliar spray that's available too. That's awesome, man. We're going to be uh, on the lookout for it. Um, I know I've got a bunch of your genetics coming up in my uh, my review grow. Um, I think I've got Supreme Runts. I'm going to be doing some Ice Latte uh, oh, yeah. and the God Particle. So oh, nice. I, know the, I know the Supreme Runts are great. We talked about that on the last podcast. I'm a sucker for Runts. Runts are Runts. Are runts. I, I love some Runts. Uh, the Ice Latte definitely has piqued my interest so i'm ready for that but yeah we get some beautiful pictures of the ice latte in it's a really nice one for sure man well hey before we uh wrap up man um did you say you had something coming out soon you're you're kind of uh name dropping a strain earlier was that was that right um so that the final boss that's the one that is available in the uh, nutrient starter kits um we just actually this past friday dropped uh three strains that uh, that all kind of came out at once. And one of them was released under the mutant genetics name. Uh, that's Haze Beast. Um, and the other two, uh, those are probably going to sell out this weekend. So I don't know if I, you know, it's by the time this is, people are hearing this, they'll probably, there's not that many of those left. But, uh, but yeah, the Haze Beast, that's going to be around for a minute. And um, that, yeah, it's, it's it, we found a bag of seeds that we were planning to release when we were still called mutant genetics in like the first two or three months of existing. Uh, we had lost it and we thought somebody stole it and we just moved a pesticide cabinet and there it was. So uh, we revived the mutant genetics name and we got some stickers we're sending out. We got mutant genetics packaging and it's a, it's the cross of our first two ever strains, which is the granite haze F4 and the pound dog F4. So it's a fun one. Right on. And then the uh, you said the photo periods are coming next year. Yeah, yeah. That's we just uh, you really because it's it's shit, screen. Uh, the photo period space is very saturated, and if we're going to come out with something, we want it to be extraordinarily special and stable. Um, so it's a younger project than a lot of our autos. You know, it hasn't it doesn't go back to the five years ago that we started with the autos. So we've had a little bit less time to to stabilize these genetics, but I could, you know, I guess in maybe like the Discord here, I'll post some pictures of the finished flower that we just got um, off of the, our photo period strain. It's not named yet, but uh, it, yeah, it's insanely frosty. It's it's a really good one, very vigorous. It's the most stress resistant and vigorous photo period variety that I've personally ever seen, and I've touched, you know like hundreds of farms at this point and seeing a ton of different strains. And, and this one just like, it loves the stress. It's a really good one for first time growers and stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say first quarter 2024 or so. And then there will be a, a photo autocross that's coming out also. Right on. I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, uh, Hell yeah. I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you guys already know the spiel. Uh, definitely get into the Discord. We're going to have some giveaways coming up, uh, Discord exclusive, especially if you guys want to get some slaps from the Autoflower Review, you know, a couple random ones, a lot of breeder stickers we've got to uh, got to get out there to you guys. Uh, we might actually give away a pack of seeds or two. Uh, anyway, if you guys want to mention anything about this uh, this podcast, any comments, any suggestions, you want to fact check Ben at all, jump into the Discord. Add us. Let us know. 
Uh, we're also on Instagram. Uh, all our links are in the description. So, as always, you guys, go for good.